Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Local Success Podcast, where the mission is to admire, get inspired, and take action. I'm your host, Ricardo Flores. I have the honor today to be joined by screenwriter and author, Christopher Kay. He is here to talk about his brand new book called Flashpoint, Nowhere to Run. This fantastic, gritty novel will keep you on your toes from beginning to end. We also talk about his life, his mission as an author, his views on success, and other life topics. I truly admire Chris as a person and author, and I hope his journey inspires you as much as it inspired me. Enjoy our talk. Life as well. Thank you, Chris, for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm excited for this. Let's just get into it. Talk to us a little bit about your life, where you come from, and, and where you are now. Sure, sure, sure. Hey, I'm, I'm born and raised in New York City, uh, Harlem, to be very specific. It's the, the top part of Central Park in Manhattan. Did that for 18 years of my life. Then I went, to, went away to school, went to uh, upstate New York, did a couple years of college there, finished off my college education in um, Maryland. Um, that's where I uh, met my wife at and was married for 20 years. I did some graduate school and I ended up coming out to California about 20 years ago, 20 and a half years ago to work at uh, UCSB. I'm doing mostly administration, so I got a great admin position out there. And now I work at the local city college as a, as a dean. Yeah. Awesome. How is that um, being part of a college? Well, two colleges, two of the biggest ones in California, really. How has that experience been for you? And what got you into education? Yeah, you know, so really it was, you know, I graduated college without much of a uh, vision or much of a, a, a really a path. And so I really took some time to really determine what it is that I really loved, the things that I was passionate about. At the time, there was a popular book called What Colors My Parachute? And it really said, hey, what are the things that you really love? What are those things you could talk about all night? Those things you're really passionate about? And I really loved my college years. So I said, hey, if I could work in a college and get paid to do that, I'd love to do that. Looked at some programs uh, that was I was living in my area Getting newly married at the time, trying to figure out what I was going on, and um, they said, "Oh yeah, I was living in Boston, or in the Boston area, Massachusetts, North Shore of Massachusetts." Mm -hmm. And it said, "You know, hey, there's a program at Harvard, but you need like five years of experience." I didn't have that, and there's another school at Boston College. I didn't need much experience. They were able to offer me an assistantship, and they were able to get me paid. So I really loved my experience uh, at Boston College. They got me in and out within a year, and I was able to get a job. My first job was as a resident director, living inside the dorms with a uh, 200 students. I've heard about those jobs. Fun times there? <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of exciting times, especially when you're the only one on call and there's a lot of emergency things going on. Somebody's, you know, suicidal here or drugs here or fire there and things going on. So it taught me a whole lot. It really did teach me a whole lot. And um, while I was there, I had my first kid who's uh, 27 now. So Awesome. And now you guys in California. How has that changed from East Coast to the West Coast? You know, it was a big change. You know, this is the longest I've ever lived anywhere. So I mentioned I grew up in Harlem and I was 18 years and I left. Um, I've been out here 20, 20 plus years. I've been out here, wow, since uh, 2002. So yeah, 21 years uh, out here in California. So it was a big change, especially with a young family. But uh, it really kind of shaped my life. I, I really consider myself a former New Yorker. One of my first speeches, I used to be a part of a group called Toastmasters. And one of my first speeches was called Former New Yorker. So California has really shaped my life. I think living out here, uh, raising my family out here, they're all adults now. I have kids 27, 24, 20, and uh, 18, or well, 19 now, 20 and 19. She just turned 19 about a few weeks ago. Um, and to raise my kids out here, it really became, they're all Californians. This is probably why I'll spend, not, maybe not here in Santa Barbara, but maybe, you know, I'll, I'll definitely see myself here in California for, for some time. 
I see. So rewinding back to when you were 18 in Harlem, what was your view of success back then? How did you view life? What did you want to accomplish? Oh, I wanted the world. I wanted the world <laughs> and this oyster. I could just remember saying I wanted to be successful. I really felt like education was going to be my way, my, my key to success. Um, was that something installed in your family or something that you saw in the, in, you know, in the world? Well, yeah, I would say my dad did leave the Deep South, I say Deep South, North Carolina, to, to come to New York to pursue education. They had an opportunity at City College of New York to get, in the 70s, you know, some free education. So that's what, that was his goal. He really got me into books and studying and really kind of understanding this, you know, as a pathway. Now, again, I grew up like during the crack era. It was like drug dealers showing me off with nice cars <laughs> and clothes and gold chains. I'm like, oh, what, doesn't that look like success? And, you know, even though that was crime, I did see a another pathway through entrepreneurship and it wasn't until after I kind of decided I didn't want to do uh, the grimy route <laughs> I wanted to do some edu education route I, I made some pathways so it kind of bleeds a little bit into writing because back then I used to rap and so I'd come home every day lots of surprises yeah I gotta keep you on your toes I used to rap and um, I part of little rap groups and I was like it, it was Rap was just becoming popular. It was just getting on the radio at that time. Um, but we had all these little little rap groups and breakdance groups and things like that. And I used to come home every day and dedicate an hour. And this is what I do now. Dedicate an hour just to writing a new rap, writing a new rap. And some of them were crappy, but some of them were pretty good, right? You, you, mm. you, you end up going to follow some pretty good raps. And it's like, oh, wow, hey, that's good. Different people would say, hey, come record over at my studio. Come record here. We do something. Never made much in the rap game. But at that point, I really had to make a choice. Did I want to try to pursue the rap game or did I want to pursue education? And education uh, took me down this path. So. Why? Uh, I think it was more solid. It's okay. more stable. <laughs> it was, uh, my, yeah, I was never a good student. I shouldn't say that. When I was very young, I was a good student. But then maybe from first grade on, I was never a good student. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't have great grades in high school really had poor grades in junior high and back then in new york if you didn't have great grades in junior high you went to whatever high school it was more like they had standard you had uh, specialized high schools they had good high schools they had medium high schools and if you didn't have good grades you went to whatever else you know the gang ridden drug infested you know like you you went to the bad bad high school and that's why i went because my grades in junior high were really bad and then in high school even though i was focused on on studying um i was still focused on being a class clown I was still focused on trying to you know to appear cool mm -hmm. so i really didn't have great grades coming out of coming out of high school it wasn't until i graduated high school and really saw my future i was working in a supermarket and i really saw that that wasn't going to get me the goals we talked about the goals that idea of success um where i want to accomplish i said you know what i, I am going to pursue a college and i was able to get into a, a open access a community college where i work at now mm -hmm. the city a cc college and they said hey you can come in here i'm like well i don't have money well we can give you some money well i don't have great grades we can still get you in i'm like you know i didn't i didn't have all the tools but they were able to um get me the education i need to get me into remedial courses to get me college ready and i was ready at that point and i actually ended up going to college and doing pretty well that's amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. what did you go into studying what was your first passion that you had you know so i did like writing and i know it keeps, keeps coming back full circle mm -hmm. and my um 10th grade english teacher taught me how to write an essay just how to structure it how to you know to 
to open and to you know begin how to conclude and i really said hey i could do something with this writing thing and i was also writing every day with my rap my rap songs too <laughs> um so initially i really wanted to study english but i didn't get into english right away but i did take some english honors courses my degree was in liberal arts and social social sciences so i had some ideas about social sociology and psychology and those kinds of sciences a little bit and i had a passion for it um I think initially I saw myself going into law. So mm -hmm. that's probably why I went to do social sciences. Okay. You're, you're, you're bringing up memories for me now. <laughs> so I, I really was like, I wanna go into law. So I studied the social sciences and then I heard about a pathway that I can get into law school with an English degree. If you really you know, get into big writing, reading and things like that, you could really get into it. The tr trouble was, is I was never a strong reader. Like I could read, but it took me eight hours. It, was, it took somebody else an hour, like just a retention wasn't there. So I really wanted to pursue writing more than than the, the literary part of it. So a little bit to challenge yourself, you would say? Um, somewhat to challenge myself, but somewhat I, I did want to really gain a strong grasp on the on the writing part the literature part really uh, it, it probably didn't go as well as i wanted it to I see. but what's interesting is you know i write books now and, and i want other <laughs> people to read so i want everybody who's listening to the podcast to say hey i love reading and, and yeah. let me take some time so a big portion of this book i wrote two books prior to that i'll tell you about those later yeah is I wanted this book to be fast and, and, and quick chapters and have a pace that you never felt like, oh, I'm stuck, let me just get tired here in the middle of a chapter and put it down. Because once you put it down without some type of closure, I feel like you won't pick it up again. So I really wanted a book that was like, okay, hey, I'm, I'm going right to that next point. And then it's like a, a point where I could be excited about what's, what's gonna happen next. So if I put it down for you know two or three uh, flashpoints in these not chapters or flashpoints. Mm -hmm. The two or three flashpoints in, I could I'm ready to pick it back up and I can go another two or three. Yeah. I love that. That comes at a great time for me. I used to be a avid reader in high school and kind of lost it through my twenties. Yeah, trying to get it back now. So I'm, I'm excited, obviously, to get okay. into that. Let's talk about your two previous books. Um, yeah. Or being an author, what did you want to portray? Um, mm, yeah. So uh, a lot of my stories. I'll, I'll I'll cut really to the chase for your for your viewers here. Is um. I have a doctorate. I was able to accomplish not only my associates, my bachelor's, but also a master's and a doctorate. And my doctorate, they really make you really focus on some one topic, really go deep into this one topic. And mine really had to do with low-income people, moderate-income people who, who came through a struggle, able to make their way out and accomplish the goal. And that's really what my book's about. All, all my writing is about. My first one is named Spare Change. It's about a, a, a young drug dealer. It's interesting because it's a guy I met when I was in, living on the East Coast who's also a city college student. He's also a community college student. And you know, the first time I saw him with his backpack, I'm like, oh man, you, know, you, you must be transporting drugs because those, those are my books. I'm a, I'm a student. I go, what, you're, you're a gang leader and a, and, a, and a student here? And it blew my mind. So years later, I ended up writing a screenplay about it. And then that screenplay wasn't really going anywhere. He's just collecting dust on some file somewhere. Uh, I decided that I wanted to um, turn it into a book. So my first book is called Spare Change about this 19-year-old, um, 1920-year-old drug dealer named Jermaine Beasley, who um, made-up name, of okay. course. <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling everybody's name. <laughs> not autobiography. Yeah, 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 exactly, not autobiography. Um, who 
was this drug dealer who you know went you know struggled in high school but went to college and found his passion ended up changing not only his life but his community too wow. and there's a sequel to that one too does he know you wrote that about him no, that, no he doesn't know who I am oh. <laughs> he doesn't know that must who be so I cool am. imagine him reading that and he goes oh that's about me yeah, yeah. well again it's a made up story so it mm. begins with, a, with, the, with the impetus of oh this is a you know somebody who went to college okay. and it was a drug dealer then the rest is made up um, I write fiction just that your viewers know I write fiction <laughs> then, are they always inspired by certain little truth behind you know, it? No, um, I would say there's a little bit of truth in every single story. Probably in every single movie and every single TV show, True. there's a little bit of truth in everything. Um, the second book I wrote, I know you didn't ask me about it yet, was called Magic Beans. Okay. And it's really about somebody who's very familiar to me, and I won't even say the name, but very close by about this uh, gal who was um, uh, not just she was an artist, but art history person who also uh, was taking like ADHD medication. So the, the story I made about behind that was, hey, she's not only just her history, but by taking this ADHD Adderall type medication, she's able to tap into some superpower at, you know, at some dosage or whatever, and learn things at a super fast rate. So obviously mm -hmm. for, for most of us, we learn at a, you know, the rate that we learn at. For some people with attention deficit disorder, they might learn a little, little slower, but the magic behind this one was, and it's called magic beans, right? Um, is that if she tapped into the right dosage, she can learn things at a super fast rate. So she learn guitar or learn martial arts or learn, you know, all type of things. And obviously it has to be some nefariousness behind it. So she tapping into like the dark web and learning really crazy stuff and getting mm. herself in some trouble with that too. So that's a fun book. I really enjoyed that book. I probably didn't put a lot of time into promoting it as much, but viewers, if you are interested, <laughs> Magic Beans, Christopher K is out there on Amazon. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, so that, that that brings me to today. Okay, perfect. A little bit about your writing style. Where do you get? How do you how do you think you get inspired? Once you sit down and you're like, okay, I want to write something. Mm. Where does your mind go? Yeah. Obviously, stories are your past. But how do you get sure. your creativity out? Sure, sure. Do you take magic beans? Yeah, right, right. No, I don't take magic <laughs> beans. But that's a good. Yeah, that might be help, right? helpful, right? Um, you know, I think it all begins with an idea. Uh, it, once I have an idea, it could be a dream, it could be a thought, it could be a person, it could be an instance, just an instance. I work with college students I have for 30 years, so it's like there's all these little instances. You go, oh, wow, that idea could actually become a story. And then I outline it. You know, I think there's, there's, there's a process of writing that's <laughs> a little bit boring. <laughs> you know, you outline it, you go, okay, hey, I want it to begin here, and what's going to be my climax, and what's going to be my turning point, and all these different points that you kind of get into. But the fun part for me is just beginning to just sit down and write. And if I could, if it was smart, if it was wise, I'd just sit down and write and let the let the, the pen, computer board, you know, your keyboard take me wherever I want to go. Um, so that's the exciting part and just going where it goes, going where it goes. And then what you'll hear about writing and if you ever, you know, interview another writer, which I'm sure you will, mm -hmm. is writing is really rewriting. So the first thing you put on, on paper is almost like, the verbal vomit. <laughs> like, hey, let's put it all out there and then you rewrite that thing five, six, seven, eight, nine times before it's even somewhat decent. And then you have somebody look at it and you rewrite it again and again and until it becomes what it's supposed to become. Okay. Have you felt that sense of, well, I asked you a little bit, but you view success at a certain way when you were 18. Mm -hmm. Has that view of success changed along the way? If so, has it how has it changed it? And if not, yeah. yeah, I think I've become even hungrier. Okay. <laughs> I'm a person of faith and I really believe like, man, just, you know, you believe in something big enough, more 
uh, as much as you, you can, it'll eventually come about. So I think I've become hungrier for that idea of success. Now, I wouldn't say success to the point of greed, or oh, I want to have yachts and boats and anything, you know, anything like that. But this idea of, wow, if I could really tap into something that's deep inside of me that's got given and got breathed, I could really, you know, uh, accomplish something and, and possibly change the world. So I'd say um, I'm a very giving person as well. I like to, you know, give and, and but I also feel like there's a there's a, a level of success, not just like a fame mm-hmm. or, or money, but this level of wow, I've really accomplished something that can change the world. I know part of your podcast is to inspire mm-hmm. something that just inspires somebody who says, wow, this was read to some classroom in you know Guatemala somewhere mm-hmm. and they, 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 they loved it so much they did a project like that that type of just um, changing the world changing the mindset changing you know yeah. it's fulfilling yeah 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 and if the fame and money came to I wouldn't turn it down right <laughs> <laughs> that's something I, I we talked a little earlier it's finding that purpose and obviously money makes things comfortable so mm-hmm. it's not something we're going to deny but you got to be clear on, on really what your your mission and purpose sure, is, yeah. which brings us to this beautiful book. Tells a little bit about when this is coming up, yeah. how can we find it, and how you got inspired by, by this one. Yeah, yeah. So flashpoints, uh, it's it actually began with a classroom project. So I realized at some point I really didn't know how to write fiction. I'm a screenplay writer. I was writing in third third person a lot, you know, and. Once I started sending it off to different publishing companies, they said, what is this? What, what are you doing here? And, and they said, you really need to, need to sit down with somebody and learn how to write. Mm-hmm. So I actually take, took a class. I work at a city college, at a community college. I took a class at a community college with amazing professors, some of the best in the world. And this was actually a class project. And the, the instructor said, next week I want you to come back with you know, 10, 15 pages. I said, what? So I just started writing. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. So I just started the verbal vomit, just started putting stuff on paper, putting stuff on paper, putting stuff on paper. Then our classmates, groups, we were broken into different groups, would uh, give us feedback. Oh, change this, move, you know, change this over. You're saying this too much. You're adding, you're adding that, give some more description. And that's really where flashpoints came from. From me just putting ideas, getting in front of a computer, getting in front of a keyboard and just tap, 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 and putting stuff on paper. And then it wasn't until much later that I said, wait a minute, I remember I had a class project. I wonder where that still is. And I looked for it and I said, you know what? This might actually be a, a, a decent book. Yeah, at that point it was like maybe only 15, 20, 30 pages. Where was this, what year? This had to be uh, 2021. It was during okay, COVID. Okay. And, and again, that's another inspiration, too, that we could get into. Like, I yeah. really stopped writing. I stopped writing screenplays. I really wanted to get into my admin role. I became um, a dean at my, my college. And I put the pen on the shelf. So I really wanted to, um, during COVID, I was spent, like a lot of people, 23 hours in my house, barely got outside. And um, there was just destructive behaviors where you're just sitting there, devil, the devil's workshop, out of hands, right? Out of hands. So I, I began to say, you know what? I want to do something different. And that's when I began to pick up the pen again. So right around 2020, I began writing. In 2021, I took a, a couple of online classes. And that's when I began to write okay. flashpoints. And now where are we at with this? What's the, what's kind of the, the mission behind it? What's the vision that you see yourself as an author? Yeah. That's a loaded question, but... Yeah, there's a, there a lot of different <laughs> questions in there. A lot of different questions in there. Um, you know, my vision as an author, I mentioned before, is to show somebody at one point and how, see how they, they work through their struggles to become, you know, a, a better person. My idea is like almost like a, a, a come up is what we say in the black community. You know, like, hey, what, what's going to be that come up? The thing that helps you break through and get to the other side. That making 
to you know tomorrow better than today and in today better than yesterday and, and those type of things the vision for flashpoints it really like I, as i mentioned before it just came from me kind of you know putting the information down on a paper but it was also this idea of it had to be fast and it had to be quick so the idea of everything coming at a rapid pace like you know it, it begins with waking up in that morning and 24 hours later you're having your world change mm -hmm. so getting up you know if, if you you buy the book you know you get a chance to see it um this person waking up to a random phone call and having to take somebody to the airport and getting chased from you know the airport throughout the day and having to piece together why are they being chased so the idea of the flashpoints is it flashes so the book takes place in the future not that far in the future now it's 2025 mm. so if i wrote in 2021 you know it's two years from now That's right 2023. just real quick why why the future right because he's looking he's looking backwards on the current time but he's also okay. looking it flashes to different points so it flashes to uh current day which a lot of things were taking place in, in 2021 you know you know a lot of things like that what you know what were going on what what transpired in the future that impact the past and then it just it goes even further back than that like you know so it, he has to realize what's going on why is he being chased and at some point he loses loses consciousness the guys that are chasing him actually find him catch him on a bus and cut him loses blood loses consciousness forgets his name and has to really piece back what what's kind of going on with the day and through mm -hmm. that it's this puzzle piece that as he discovers more and more pieces and some people kind of come around him he begins to put together hey i know these people from somewhere and this is why it's why i am where i am today let's see that sounds exciting what are some of the inspirations um as, as an author other writers that you look up oh, to any yeah. styles that you that you want to imitate or is well, it more know, of, yeah, there's so many just really good writers I, I say the core is james baldwin you know so james baldwin as an author obviously wrote very deep intellectual political kind of stuff but also wrote amazing fiction mm -hmm. and if i can dance you know do that dance you know to say hey i could do some serious stuff i could do some speaking do some fiction fiction stuff that also has a story behind it that's just amazing stuff yeah jesse's another um writer that, that i just really just uh, admire as being just a, a wonderful storyteller and uh, yeah there's so many just different authors that um that just do it so much you know better than me um i write cultural fiction so it really has to do a lot of the black african-american experience so omar tari is a another author who just who um knows how to just tell like that street gritty story um i miss him a person of faith but this book is really gritty so <laughs> if my christian friends are <laughs> watching they're like oh man he's gonna use a few uh spicy words a lot of few spicy words there's also some love scenes in there so mm -hmm. that gets a little spicy and, and there's some epithets so you, you, you'll see it kind of goes all all over the place mm -hmm. i mentioned before and i'm sorry if i'm jumping around no, for you good. i mentioned before that um when i first started writing I sent my stuff to publishers and they're like what is this and i told them hey well my first book is about this it's, this gang member goes well you think a gang member talks like this they use gritty words they use cuss words they you know so i had to actually step outside of myself almost like an actor in some ways mm -hmm. and say i know this isn't how i speak or i portray and i don't want anybody to think that this is how i would come across if they met me but I want to step into the role of the person telling the story, and that if the person telling the story would speak this way, then that's how I would, I would need to engage. To that's it. awesome. I've never <laughs> thought of it that way. That you really kind of have to tap into their acting skills to 
portray someone that you may not be. Yeah. That's awesome. So obviously you keep very busy and you talked about your faith. What are certain things that have kept you grounded through life to really focus on your goals and stay motivated to accomplish what you want to accomplish? Mm, yeah, you know, so you asked me a lot of questions about success. I am very focused on success and wanting to be um, the best at whatever whatever it is. You know, I want to get I want to get to that level. Um, so right now I'm in administration, so that means you know going to you know conferences and studying what I need to study, things like that. But I would say overall, I mentioned I have four adult kids, mm -hmm. 27, 24, 2019, right? And I would say that they're, they're a big inspiration for me. Um, I want them to see um, their dad do well, so they're inspired to do well. All of them, you know, were, were, I'm very fortunate, able to graduate high school, going to college. They're all doing pretty well for themselves. Not, you know, major successes, but, you know, they're all doing, you know, pretty well for themselves. Um, you know, have a stable home, be a good role model for for you know for my kids so i'd say that's a that's a big impetus for for me and also I, you know, I feel like i also have some type of accountability for my community as well so i want to also just represent well and be a be a good role model for for the kids around me the people who who see me cousins <laughs> even yeah all, all type of family members to say okay hey hey chris is chris is doing something possibly i could do something as well and my students this i guess there's a lot of people i want to you know I, yeah. I look up to people so i guess i got kind of want people to to kind of look up to me i want students to be able to say oh hey that dr johnson he, he's doing okay he's not just out here whatever goofing off drinking in and out of bars or whatever the situation might be right. you know chasing women <laughs> he's, he's actually a pretty grounded fella who's who's doing some decent things so that leads me to a question i'll ask to ask my guests how do you want to be remembered when you mm -hmm. when you leave earth you kind of answered it but what are some specific ways that you you know you accomplish anything you want to accomplish and then yeah. you leave this world how do you want to be remembered wow that's a big question and i really do appreciate that because i do i know i do reflect on that a lot but not so much to put it into words like yeah i want to be um i want to change you know i want to have an impact i want to change the world i love to to be remembered as being the best at something like wow you know chris was top one percent at this thing whatever it is um but yeah i think at the end of the day probably just as a a good stand-up guy who, who who did things the right way he stood by his word um he was honest yeah, and, and um, yeah, and you know, he, he did his best to hold to, to hold to the faith too. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> love it. What are some advice you could maybe give to some young writers that are trying to pursue this? Mm. You know, writing it's never gonna go away, but you have movies now and you have podcasts. I feel like it's a lost art in a way. Sure, so sure. what's something you can tell these young writers that are trying to look for the inspiration? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, well, I do say uh, read other good writers. Mm. You know, I think what you'll you'll say is read. If you like something, read, 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 find out more, and don't be afraid to reach out to folks. That's something I, I should be probably doing a lot more of is reaching out to folks who's doing it well and how they get to where they are. What were their roadblocks? Maybe you could learn from them so you don't have to hit, run into the same roadblocks that they ran into. Put yourself out there. Get a podcast, right? You know, put yourself out there. Get a website. Get information so people can kind of say, "Hey, oh, he is doing some things." And the main thing I'd say is write every day even Don't, if it's an hour yeah, even even if you have no inspiration get in front of a computer and write right right because the number one thing you'll hear other people say this too is the thing that's going to make you a good writer is writing mm. come up with a good book and then once once you come up with that that good book article whatever else it is then everything else you know has to happen but before you have that 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 don't talk about it be about it you know before you have that piece of, of art you know, nothing else comes off. So, right. A couple more things that are coming to mind. You talked about, you know, 
following those people that are doing the same, how important is it to surround yourself by people mm-hmm. with like my mentality and people with those same goals and vision as you have? You know, I don't think it's it's essential to have a big group of people. Like I'll, you say, surround yourself. I say mm-hmm. like, oh wow, that means if I'm a comedian, all I do is hang out at the comedy clubs. I don't. I think if you find one or two people who are dedicated to the craft and they're willing to invest in you and obviously you're willing to help them out in some ways too it's not just a one-way street you say hey i'm gonna whatever put up flyers for you or do whatever mm-hmm. i think those one or two people um can really be your your, your circle you know they could really be your circle you're going to have some people who don't do the same art that you do they might be musicians they might be you know uh painters or or sculptures or whatever and they, they have a different type of inspiration everybody comes to your life for some reason but I would say at least get that one or two people who are you know, achieving that goal that you want to achieve. Put them in your, your life so you can pick up the phone and go, wow, you know, what would you do in this situation? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Mm. And then also give back. I mentioned this a few times already. Who are you inspiring? Hey, if I'm, you know, the, the best local podcaster, who what's, what little seventh, eighth graders come behind me who wants to do a podcast? How can I help them get to get to where they need to be as well? That's powerful. All right. Well, back to the book to finish up. When, how can we find it? How can we support you as an author? And how can we get these people hands so they, they read it and 100%. Enjoy it? So I have a very unique name. <laughs> it's Christopher K. Uh, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-F-A-K-K-A-Y. And if you type that into Amazon, you'll see three books. One would be Spare Change. The next will be uh, Magic Beans, and this next one out is called Flashpoints. So, right on Amazon, the the best way to get it. I, you know, I hope that I have uh, fully published your know, company one day, or maybe start my own publishing company one day. But that that's the best way to find it on Amazon. Christopher K. Flashpoints, nowhere to run. And when can we expect it to be? It just hit the market on Friday, March twenty fourth. It did, yeah. Awesome. So we we I launched. I was in Seattle, Washington, and uh, we did a big launch. Um, we weren't quite at the Space Needle, but we were somewhere up, up up that way. And we just said, "Hey, this is the book's released. Hey, everybody, everybody, pick it up and buy it." So uh, it's an ebook format, Kindle, well, Kindle format as well as a uh, paperback, and be uh yeah. I think I think you'll I think you'll like it. It moves fast. It goes quick. Uh, it uh, has some some gritty scenes. It has some romance in it too, and you'll uh, you really uh, enjoy it. Great, I'm excited to read it, Chris. Thank you. We'll check back once maybe a few more episodes and see how that went. Yeah, yeah. I wish you the best. Congratulations, and I'm excited for for your future in, in in the author business. Thank you. Hey, I can't wait to tell you about my next book. Of course. See you later, Chris. Hey, I appreciate you. Take care. Thank you all for listening today. I absolutely love interviewing individuals who are following their purpose in life. If you enjoy this talk and cannot wait to read the book, head on over to Amazon and order it now. It is called Flashpoint, Nowhere to Run. Please hit the five-star rating if you are liking these episodes and follow me on Instagram at local.success. See you next time.